0: This is according to Jim, with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's Sports Talk Show.
1: You were looking good after. You had a yeah. red hat on. I didn't have a hat on. Red suit, red tie, even red loafers. No.
0: Listen, Monday through Friday from twelve thirty to one p.m. on ninety-six point seven FM KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com. Goal! Game series, Toronto is one. According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Chase Kinnaman a three for the tie, off the backboard, it's good! Chase Kinnaman makes it in Off the buzzer, and we've got overtime! Everything happening in the sports world. Crawford eight, Crawford's got to hurry! Up. Oh, no! And even some things not happening in the sports world.
1: You're, you're the bitter
2: end. I'm the bitter man, I guess. <laughs> not the better man, the bitter man.
0: According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell.
1: Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE or for those of you listening online worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon.
1: Are you excited for another very very busy day of sports here today? Oh, I'm, yesterday was jam packed. today very, we get it again. Yeah,
2: I'm very excited. Uh, soccer tonight, golf this afternoon for me. So <laughs> that's what as I'm, in, you get to play golf. I'm play you will gol- be covering I'm golf. Play, I'm gonna play golf. This, it's finally my kind of weather. It's getting hot. It's getting sunny. Sun therapy makes me a happy guy.
1: Steve, I've heard you say before that you don't think you could live in Florida. Do you want to know what Florida is like all the time? It rains, and it's humid. Yeah, but I think it's a lot like today. Yeah. Hot, humid. You'll be out on the somewhat
2: wet golf course. Oh, it's golf, going to be muggy. The golf, I played two days. I didn't play yesterday. I played two days ago, and it was the fairways were basically dry. So you're feeling good about your chances today? Oh, I'm feeling today. good. I'm feeling good.
1: You're feeling real good. My game's good.
2: coming around. Yeah, my game's Yeah, your
1: game is coming around. This I'm, is I'm about a, the time you get I'm good. I'm about up
2: to a B player now. Wow. I was a C player. I'm about a B player now.
1: Well, you're making your way, moving up in the world. Oh, yeah. Steve, yeah. it was a bummer ending to the baseball season for McPherson High yesterday. We were there broadcasting at the Grand Sports Complex. And sometimes in regional games, whether it's the first game of a regional or a regional final or, in yesterday's case, a regional play-in game, some weird things happen. Like a 1-18 and Newton team coming up here and scoring six runs, in the top of the first inning, a team that did not even average three runs per game this year, right. scoring six in the top of the first. There were errors, and it was just one of those days, and you kind of got the feeling from that first inning that it was going to be one of those days for the McPherson I baseball team.
2: Yeah, and and you got to give credit to Coach Gerstner after the game being a real stand-up guy. He says, I didn't have him ready to play. He said that first inning... You could tell we were not ready to play. And it's first easy
1: inning. to not be ready on a day like that because right. you're constantly trying to think about what's coming up right. today. Because they were playing for a chance to continue to play today.
2: Right. You're, you got one eye on today, one eye on tomorrow. Of course, being today, uh, if, if the winner got Hayes, you know, nineteen and one, number two team, I think, in the state, and uh, you know, you're kind of looking ahead, but you, you got to take care of business. But unfortunately, uh, the Bullpups just uh, really struggled. Really struggled defensively and struggled getting the clutch hit. They had runners on all day long and only scored three runs. They had the leadoff runner on in the first five innings. Yeah, and they left 11 runners on base. Dylan Rinker, I thought he pitched fantastic. I really did. Steve, I said it
1: earlier today. You and I were talking, and I said, it felt like with last year's team, pretty much everything went right all the time. That there were a lot of breaks, Mm -hmm. that... Everything in terms of the baseball gods, they were blowing the wind the right way that day, where this year, it felt like really nothing went right. They had a couple of series where where they played pretty well, but it was just a tough year. And,
2: and you know, it, it was tough to get any footing with the schedule. You know, you had so many rainouts, you had so many postponements. Of course, it was that way for everybody. But when you have a young team like this, this was by far the youngest team in all the years I've covered bullpup baseball, and I think that's... About 32 years. I think they've been in, in play for about 32 years. I I don't remember a bullpup team this young, like Coach Gershner said after the game. There were times we had five freshmen on the field. Freshmen used to be taboo, you know, for the bullpups. They never – nobody other than Dylan Weary's ever played as a freshman. And I have four and five of them playing at a time this year. Um, and these things go in cycles. You look at the numbers for baseball. Coach Gershner has had great numbers out for baseball this year numbers were way down and you know I think there was a couple JV games they didn't even play cuz I you know they were short on on numbers but uh, it's a cycle thing I know there's some good young kids wait you know 5th 6th 7th 8th grade coming up uh, the numbers are up so this just happens to be a cycle where we don't have a lot of players but yet you know you look at this year 7 and 12 you know I mean that's not great by any stretch but it's not like it's one and or two and eighteen, like Newton is right. But this was a rebuilding year, and the thing is, almost every guy that played yesterday is back next year. I mean, you lose Gabe Hoover, you lose uh,
1: Chandler Wire, Chandler Wire, Shane Starkle,
2: Shane Starkle, and you know I think there were five seniors, only three of them played. So a lot of these guys, it, this was trial by fire, and they're going to be a better team because they got to play varsity this year. I mean, Titan Gable, guy hit like what over five hundred is. And he played the last half of the season, right? And uh, he's he's going to be a player of the future. Uh, you know, you, you got some good pieces to build around. You got good pitching for next year, right? Rinker, uh, File, Aiden Hoover, Tanner Cheatham, Tanner Cheatham. So you got some pitching coming back. I know there's a good uh, a kid that's an eighth grader that uh, has got a lot of ability as an eighth grader that can help with pitching next year. So um, bullpup baseball will be back next year.
1: Steve, we can talk about this in terms of other sports, but. I don't think we see it as much on the girls' side at the varsity level, but there are a few sports on the boys' side that, if you are playing a lot of younger players, it's really hard because a sport like football or basketball, and I think a lot with baseball, they are upperclassmen dominated, and especially when you have freshmen. Right. 14 year olds playing against 18 year olds in football. It's really tough. 14 the, year olds against bench, 18 year olds, right. and basketball is tough.
2: Right. But well, you look at tennis. Salinas Central won Class 5A with five sophomores and a freshman. But that's that not is, as. That's
1: an aberration. And that's not as much of a physical sport. Right. Where that isn't quite as important. But it feels to me that with baseball, basketball, and football, those are the three where you need some experience, oh, got you got to. need some yeah. older players. And when because you get the play- physicality. Right. It's the pure physicality. Or even of sport. just with baseball, it's not necessarily a physical sport, but there is the strength component to it. Right. If you've got an eighteen year old six foot three pitcher throwing eighty-eight miles per hour against a fourteen year old, five foot six hundred forty pound second baseman, it makes it really hard. You don't hard.
2: think in three years Titan Gable will be hitting about six hundred and probably driving the ball out of the park.
1: And that's and- the way that game is meant to be. And, and and growing up around high school baseball and seeing it a lot I went to a really big school where hardly any freshman ever played. Right. And then whenever I was a sophomore, we had three or four that were suiting up, and it was rare. We didn't
2: even have freshmen. That, we didn't have freshmen. So in my high school, freshmen were in the junior high. So we just had 10th, 11th, and 12th grade when I was in high school.
1: Whenever I started high school baseball, I was in ninth grade, and we were not at the high school. We would bus over from the junior high and play on the backfields, and they demote us out to the, to the outfield to shag for BP. Right. But I think baseball is really one of those sports that you've got to have some older guys in order to be really, really successful. Right. You can still win games with younger yeah. players, especially if they're really good, but that's one of those sports that I think you've just got to be a little bit older, right. and as this team continues to get older and get better, a ton of really good freshmen this year— that this is a team that will be good will in the be. upcoming years.
2: Yeah, and like Coach Gersner said after the game, you look at most of the guys on this team, baseball is not their primary sport. Right. They're all actually committed more, in or in, I should say invested more in, in other sports that they play. And that's a nice thing, though. You're getting these multi-sport athletes. And I think at the high school, specialization to me, I hate it. I mean, I understand it, but I can't stand it. So, I I just think if you concentrate on one sport and one sport only, when you're really good at other sports, I think you're missing the boat.
1: I agree with you in some ways, and I I bring this point uh, up sometimes. Unless
2: you're just a special talent in one sport that you're just so superior in that sport, and you know you're going to, collegiately, you're going to earn a scholarship and have your way paid through school with that sport, that I can understand. I bring
1: this point up sometimes, and... I always have to try and relate this back because, Steve, you've, you've been around, I won't say small schools, but smaller schools right. for the last 40, 50, 60 years. Right. Where for me, growing up in the Johnson County bubble, where we have 2,400 people in the school, 600 people in a class, whenever I was in high school, I could have gone out for the football team. I probably could have played on the sophomore basketball team. But in order for me to have a chance in baseball... I was the type that I had to only do that. Right. Where maybe I could have helped in football. Maybe. I I don't think I would have been that good. I could have stood on the sidelines. Yeah. Basketball, I wouldn't have helped all that much. You hold a mean clipboard. I I think I would be a really good (laughs) clipboard holder in football. But at that type of a school, you almost have to specialize just to be able to be good at that one sport. Right. And be able to make a team because when it comes to our baseball program when I was in high school – we had 120, 150 people in the program. And you have to think about it per class and the way that you can continue to get better because, remember, the other schools that you're playing against are all doing the same thing, where almost everybody had to be playing club baseball year-round with coaching and personalized attention to really have a chance to play. And I know that there are a lot of people, especially the further we go west in the state, that will say, okay, I know you have to play multiple sports, and I do think it's important to play multiple sports and be active and maybe not just exclusively do what you do, but there are some circumstances that you can't specialize well, when or I you was, can't do When I was sports. in high
2: school, and anyone that has seen me knows I'm physically inferior in well, terms of... short. Short and not real strong, but I had to make a decision my sophomore year of high school to play tennis... Or play golf because, I mean, I'm not bragging, but I was decent in both sports. But I, when I looked at the long run, I said, golf, I think I can, you know, have a better chance to play than tennis because in tennis, there were probably eight or nine guys better than me. You didn't think you were going to be on the basketball team? Uh, No, no. <laughs> but I was on the Church League Championship Hey, team. there you go. Oh, yeah. And those games drew big crowds. I mean, it was, it was like the Mayor's Cup. I believe it. Oh, yeah. So that's the end of my
1: rant there. It is just different wherever you go. And especially for me, And when I think back to multiple sport athletes at our school, if you played two sports, that was pretty rare. When I think back to our high school baseball team, we typically had about three guys a year that also played football. So when you think of a varsity roster of 18... That means that you've got 15 guys that pretty much only play baseball. Right. And that's what makes it so hard when everybody else is doing that too yeah. in order to catch up. And that is one of the disadvantages of the bigger schools and one of the advantages of some of the smaller schools, even at the lower end of 5A and as you continue to go lower in size, that you get some other people that are good athletes that maybe they don't get to spend as much time involved with the sport throughout the year, but they're great athletes and they're, they're great contributors in several different sports. Steve, we're excited for some bullpup soccer tonight. Yeah. More regional action. Softball will be on the road at Goddard and we won't be making that trip. We'll be staying here in town. But I think McPherson is ready to begin a run that could maybe define the program again. Last year it felt like it was a program defining run, making it to the Final Four, narrowly losing to Bishop Miege, but this year this team is on a roll yeah. and on a mission.
2: And it's and it's too bad we were one year late, you know, and in in or one year early in going up to five A because I think in four A this bullpup team could have won four A this year. Um, you know, Bueller's the best team in the West, and the bullpups quite honestly dominated the game with Bueller, even yeah. though the score was three one. They had the possession about eighty percent of the time. Five A is a different animal. I mean, the top seven or eight teams are all capable of beating each other. And we're going to see that. I don't I don't think you'll see a problem tonight. I don't see a 10-0 game, but maybe like a 4-0, 5-0 type game. But on Thursday when the Bullpups play Capon, that is going to be one heck of a battle because Capon is the only team that has beat Bishop Carroll this year. I think
1: 5A in terms of girls soccer, and I felt like it too with boys soccer, is probably even a little stronger than 6A. When you look at the really solid teams out of the Wichita area, McPherson, we'll throw them into that group. Right. McPherson, Bishop Carroll, Cape and Mount Carmel. You throw in Mays, who's been very good for the right. last decade and a half. Mays South. And then we're not even talking about the teams from Kansas City. Right. We're not even talking about DeSoto, Blue Valley Southwest, St. James Academy, St. Thomas Aquinas. There are so many good teams from the East coming through that and Eastern remember, Kansas League.
2: The schools in the metro, Wichita, KC, Topeka, they got an advantage because they can play year-round. There's indoor soccer facilities. Our kids are basically what they play in the summer, in the summer league, uh, soccer out at the stadium. Well, you have to remember too, Steve, that
1: people are traveling to them. Right. And that was one thing that I didn't really grasp being a younger athlete in the Kansas City area growing up, is that people are making the destination To you to play because that's where the people are, that's where the stadiums are. Right, there are not very many premier soccer tournaments that are played in McPherson or in Hayes or in Dodge City, they're played in Wichita, Kansas City, sometimes even Topeka, right? And so, that's one of the things that I think I kind of took for granted and didn't even realize was necessarily privileged. Yeah, I was very privileged. Johnson County, I
2: grew up on the hard, scrabble streets of Independence, on the you know. Wrong side of the tracks.
1: The east side of Olathe was pretty tough, too, Steve. Don't don't doubt me there. But we're looking forward to seeing what this team can do because we know they can score. And we know this is a team that is good enough to make this run. But what's going to happen when somebody pushes back and when somebody can score like they can and can run like they can? Like you said, we're hoping it doesn't happen tonight against Great Bend. But for the rest of this postseason, it is going to be a tough, tough road.
2: Well, to me, the state tournament begins on Thursday. It really does.
1: I'm following what you mean now. Yeah. I thought you meant regionals. I'm like, well, it it starts tonight.
2: Well, but I'm I'm saying the state tournament starts on Thursday to me.
1: Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, you know what's tonight? Besides Bullpup Soccer? Tuesday. What is Tuesday night? NBA playoffs. Well, that and? Redbirds. The NBA Draft Lottery is today. Zion. Zion? Yeah. But who's he going to go to? We'll we'll talk talk about that next. you are listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Next Tech Wireless and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, I know that sometimes you like to discount the NBA, but do you have any sort of excitement with the NBA draft lottery happening tonight?
2: I have excitement for one announcement. Who's going to be the number one pick? No, no. Who is the number one No, pick? they're, they, they're not making the pick right. yet. Who, who draws the number one pick? Because this isn't the NBA draft. This is the Zion draft. You can forget every other of these Ham Eggers. It's Zion. What about and-
1: John ja Morant?
2: And yeah, how many people know? I mean, we know who John Moran is. Everybody
1: does. He well, had a big game in the tournament. I don't
2: think a lot of people know who he is. I, can they name what school he plays for? I bet you can. No, I can't. It's yeah, like you Murray can. State. Yeah, Mur- yeah i had faith okay. in him. I well, knew you I wasn't could. I not sure. But, but uh, I mean, R.J. Barrett's the third pick. And then I saw the number four projected pick is some guy named, I think it's Darius Garland from Vanderbilt. I watch Vanderbilt. I don't even remember who Darius Garland was. I'm surprised you watch Vanderbilt. So, they were not very good so this So, of year. course, the NBA has got to rig this somehow because New York has got to get Zion. The NBA needs for the Knicks to be viable. when they're When they stink like they do now and they've stunk for the last four or five years, they need the Knicks to be good. Like they need the Lakers to be good and the Celtics to be good because that's... You know, it's like the Yankees in baseball, it's the Packers in football, but if you put Zion on the Knicks, you don't think that Durant might say, Kevin Durant might say, "Hey, me and Zion." Start
1: spreading the. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Frank will be singing and and uh, the Knicks have got to get they got to be good again. And you know what's going to happen? There's three teams that are basically at fourteen. You know, they're the three teams that could get the pick. It's at fourteen percent. Phoenix. I want to say Cleveland. It's New York, Cleveland, and Phoenix. Those were the bottom three. You know what's going to happen. Phoenix is going to get the pick again and put him with DeAndre Ayton.
1: Yeah, he's never had any problems in the past.
2: You know, it's and, and that I, I got the thinking about DeAndre Ayton <laughs> when you know when they were doing the draft when I was watching today. Right. You know, Arizona's going to end up getting hammered by the NCAA probably at some point. It's coming for paying DeAndre Ayton. And what's he going to be doing? He's not going to get penalized. And see, I don't like that. That bothers me. He's not going to get penalized at all.
1: To be fair, he was a 17-year-old, and the 35- or 40- or 50-year-olds were the ones that were doing the, the wrongdoings.
2: I know, but still, he doesn't get penalized. He goes around his merry way making millions and millions of dollars, and Arizona's program will probably go down the proverbial toilet.
1: They're cheetahs. Yeah. So... New York, Cleveland, Phoenix, those are the top three. Then Chicago is four. They have a 12.5% chance of drawing the number one in the lottery. And then after that, the Atlanta Hawks at 10.5%. After that, Washington, New Orleans, Memphis, Dallas, Minnesota, the Lakers, Charlotte, Miami, and Sacramento. You know
2: know the NBA doesn't want him ending up at Sacramento. Oh, no. Zion has got to go to... A big market. He's got to go to New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles. That's all there is to it. The NBA is just keeping their fingers crossed. It was kind of like when they had the uh, uh, Patrick Ewing coin flip. There was always some contention. The frozen envelope. The frozen envelope. The Knicks stunk at that point. Patrick Ewing was by far, he was a game changer. He was a man. He was from Hoya Paranoia. And boy, look who got that pick. New York Knicks. And he basically I think he played almost his whole career. I he might end up at the magic at the end when he was, you know, going out to pass Well Georgia. now he's the coach
1: at Georgetown, I think. Right.
2: He's the Hoya paranoia destroyer.
1: <laughs> well they're they're pretty bad, uh.
2: Well, they were they were a little better than five hundred this year.
1: Steve, one more thing. NBA postseason, Western Conference finals, they begin tonight. Do you have any sort of excitement for Portland and Golden State?
2: I call it the snoozer series.
1: No excitement at all. You're no. not giving Portland
2: any chance tonight no. at Oracle Arena. And Kevin Durant may not play the entire series and it won't make any difference.
1: I wish you could be a little more optimistic for Portland.
2: Name two name two players besides McCollum and Lillard. How about Enos Cantor? He's a ham and egger. <laughs> How about Rodney Hood? Rodney Hood? Didn't he play like <laughs> two different when he at Arkansas at one time?
1: No, I don't think so.
2: Oh, okay. I thought he was at Arkansas and then went to Maryland. or Mar- Maybe it was Maryland to to. Uh, what about, Duke. What about Seth Curry? Poor imitation of his brother. <laughs> Zach Collins, former Gonzaga
1: Bulldog? Never heard of him. <laughs> All right, Steve, come on. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, the most important news of the day. I haven't briefed you for this, but Uh-oh. get yourself ready. Uh-oh. You're I listening to According to Jim, Uh-oh. 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Steve Sell, the dancing queen himself. Abba? <laughs> Abba Gaba. Well, Steve, you're going to be really excited about what we're going to talk about next. Oh, I can hardly wait. So, last night yeah? was the beginning of what is going to be oh, a very no. fun not the bachelorette. Two or three month saga where I'll be coming in on Tuesday mornings and and trying to catch up, but you guessed it, it's the bachelorette that's ready to go. This season, get ready
2: for a bachelorette like we've never had before. <laughs>
1: about as real as it gets. She's not an actress, she's not a movie star. She's just a real girl that's looking for love.
0: Part the C's, Hannah B is coming at you. Oh!
2: The chemistry that I'm already having with her, it's off the charts.
0: Oh, my freak!
2: Hannah is sincere.
0: <laughs> what is wrong with me?
2: Totally honest.
0: You could cut that sexual tension with a knife.
2: <laughs> and she's ready. Ah!
0: to tell it like it is. None of you know anything about me. Hi, I'm Hannah. Welcome to Alabama. I grew up in Tidal Town, home of the champions. I love Tuscaloosa, proud to be an Alabama fan. Roll Tide. I miss Alabama, which makes me a queen here. Getting to serve my great state, that was truly a dream come true. It's fun. I have my own autograph pads. <laughs> I always like to leave an encouraging message. Yeah, but I'm a total train wreck. I just am like hoping that Colton will just like the good, the bad, and the hot mess. The hot mess express. And I'm the conductor.
2: So what do you think, Steve? That is the stupidest show (laughs) in the history of man. You would have to buy me lunch every day until I retire for me to even take one look at that show.
1: So you have no interest in Hannah from Alabama? I she's from Tuscaloosa.
2: I would rather have an ingrown toenail than watch that show. <laughs> I am not kidding.
1: Okay, so y- you understand the concept of The Bachelorette, I correct? I understand it, but good Because it's the inverse of The Bachelor. It's 30 men, or however many there are, 25, 30, a bunch of men competing for Hannah B's love. She was Hannah B on The Bachelor this past season. Oh, good so goodness. now she's just Hannah. And she's got all sorts of great guys. Did you hear? Her? She's loyal. She's, she's not an actress. She's just true. Oh, I,
2: I heard the whole She spiel. was Miss Alabama. Well, I'm... Hannah I, from Alabama. I, I, you'd have to pay... Like I said, you'd have to buy me lunch for the next... Until I retire for me to watch it.
1: Here's some of the jobs for the men that are competing for her heart. A math teacher from Louisville, Kentucky. Software sales. What about a pilot? From Ann Arbor, Michigan, what do you think? No. Sales manager from Newport Beach. Investment analyst from Dallas. What about an IT consultant? As Any long of these as pop no out to you? Yet? What yet? about there. a talent manager? Well, I don't even know what that is. Real estate broker. Tech entrepreneur. It's every golf pro. We got a golf pro, Garrett from Birmingham, Alabama. Well I So don't. you don't think you could go on this show? No. Why not?
2: because I wouldn't be interested. So
1: let's say we take 25-year-old Steve Sell.
2: 25-year-old with my long hair and
1: Yeah, so you have been working here for what, 3 or 4 years?
2: Well, I'd working in ta- I was here at 22, when I came to town.
1: So what do you think would have been your pitch as 25-year-old Steve Sell to go meet Hannah B?
2: You better have – my pitch is you got a lot of money because you're going to have to support me because I'm poor. That'd be my pitch. Well,
1: she's Miss Alabama.
2: Well, she better have money because I'm poor.
1: So there's always this theatrical entrance to begin the season where all the guys will get out of a limo or it's the girls and they go have their their quick one-liner. You always call it your 60-second elevator speech. You know what I'm talking about. Whatever. So they give them the one line to remember. What do you think you would say to Hannah B when you pop out of – When you
2: pop out of that limo and walk over to her, what do you think you would say? I'd say, this is as good as it gets, and if you don't like what you see, (laughs) go ahead and move on. It don't get any better.
1: So you won't be watching one single second of it? Nary. There was a lot of drama last night because one of the guys that was on the show, he had a girlfriend. And he told her, hey, you just stay at home, I'll do this real quick, and then I'll come back, we'll go on a vacation.
2: This makes my head explode.
1: It was maybe one of my favorite moments watching you listen to that promo where they said, Oh, she's just one of a kind. I think I'm already in love with her. And he's just putting his
2: face in his hands and going, Oh, are you kidding me? Exactly. It was thrilling, Steve. I just I I hope we don't waste segments on the show on this. It's just ridiculous. It's
1: great, Steve. (laughs) Well. But just to let you know, it's back. Well, I'm just... I a- didn't think it was on your radar, but I'm o- it's back. I'm overwhelmed. It's ready to go. Or I'm
2: underwhelmed, I guess it is. Yeah,
1: something like that. Yeah. So we've got Bullpup soccer tonight, Steve. Yeah. Game is at 6 o'clock. Go. Yeah. 5.50-ish. We'll go on the air. The Bullpup's trying to begin this postseason run, beginning with a regional opener tonight.
2: I'm ready. I'm down for that.
1: <laughs> you, I bet the girls on the team are into the Bachelorette.
2: Oh, I'm sure they are.
1: If you go down before the game and you walk by and say, hey... What do you guys think of Hannah B.? They'll go, oh, my god! They'll
2: ask Hannah H.
1: Yeah. I'm sure she's got an opinion. I think you should just go down and really and, and start well, the conversation. I know, I know
2: during the girls' basketball season you brought it up, and they're just like, it sounded like a bunch of, and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. State <laughs> ba- we're getting ready to play for the state basketball tournament, and they're talking about The Bachelor. I about lost my lot.
1: They've I'm got their kidding. priorities straight. That's yeah. all I have to say, uh, Steve. I don't think so. We're excited for that tonight. Tomorrow on the show, we get to talk about the PGA Championship coming up this weekend there we go. at Bethpage Black. Yeah. We will have Treg Fall on the show. And we
2: can talk about the state of golf at the high school level. Yeah, there Treg. you go. Because after what I saw yesterday at some of these regional tournaments, I, I, I was just gobsmacked. <laughs> Team shooting 600 at a tournament i'm like it took two tournaments for us sometimes to get to 600
1: well steve we'll dive into all of that oh, tomorrow that you can rehash Treg falls high school glory days on the golf course is junior year at state not yeah. bad yeah all right we'll wrap up today's show for steve sell i'm jim joiner thanks for listening to according to jim we'll talk to you tonight at mcpherson stadium
0: according to jim with jim joiner and steve sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.